the one item that keeps the children up until the end of the Seder is the Afikoyimin. What is the meaning of Afikoyimin? And why do we break the matzah into two pieces? And why is it that the larger piece is set aside for the Afikoyimin? To understand this on five levels of Pshat, Remiz, Drusoy, Nechsudus. On the level of Pshat, the simple level, the word Afikoyimin means dessert in Greek. And furthermore, afikoimin is made up of two words, afikumon, to bring out the food. To bring out the food at the end of the meal. And this is based on a verse in Exodus. It says, that the Jewish people wrapped up the leftover matzah and the murrah, and they carried it on their backs to show the love that they had for the mitzvah that God gave them the night before. And similarly, at the Seder, we take the, the matzah, we put it into a garment, and we wrap it up for the afikoimin to show our love for the mitzvah. What is the remez, the hint? So the Chassam Sefer tells us that the uh, larger piece represents the big redemption that will happen when Mashiach will come, and the smaller piece of matzah of the afikoimin, or the middle matzah, is for the small redemption, which was the going out of Egypt. And therefore the afikoimin, which is at the end of the meal, the dessert, this will be in the future, when Mashiach will come. And that's why we wrap it up, because right now we don't see it. We don't see the ultimate redemption. And we put it away for the end of the meal, because of the fact that at the end of Jewish history, at the end of time, that is when Mashiach will come. And that's why the larger piece is put away for the Afikoimin, not the smaller piece. What is Drush? The homiletics? We find that it's customary when we take the Afikoimin and we wrap it up in a napkin, we don't simply put it back into the matzatash, into the matzah bag or leave it on the table, but rather there are those who hide it. And um, according to Kabbalah, we're supposed to put it in between the two pillows that we have on our chair for which we recline on. What is the reason that we take it away from the table? We take the afikoimin off the table and put it somewhere else. So the Yaivitz explains simply that this is a halachic reason and that is that we should not come to eat the matzah during the Seder. Meaning that we need it for the afikoimen. We need it for the dessert, which is eaten after the entire meal. If I will have the matzah on the table, it's very possible throughout the night with all the children around the table and all that's going on, that I will accidentally come to eat that matzah. So therefore I remove it from the table. This is the drush. Now, there are those people that have the custom that the children steal the afikoimen. But the Chabad meaning is not to steal. And this is based on the statement in the Talmud that even mm -hmm. if you steal from a thief, you also have a taste of theft. And therefore we don't steal the afikoimen, but rather we hide it, or we put it in between the two pillows on our chair. This is the drush. What is the soid? What is the uh, 
esoteric concept behind it. So the Fidik Rebbe writes in a Sicha that it's customary to put the Afikoim in between two pillows. Why two pillows? Because in Hebrew the word pillow is kar. Kar is chaf resh, chaf is 20, resh is 200. Two pillows is 220 and 220, which is 440. 440 equals the word tam. Tam means one who is wholesome, one who is earnest. Therefore, when one breaks the middle matzah, and they break this with earnestness, with tamimus, and they take the larger piece for the afikoyman, and they put it in between the two pillows. So the, the afikoyman starts with the letter Aleph. So if you put Aleph to the word Tam, you have the word Emes, truth. In other words, if you break the afikoyman with earnestness, you have truth. And that is why according to Kabbalah, we put it in between the two pillows. The Aleph of Afikoyman goes between the two pillows, it equals the word MS, truth. We find a beautiful insight in the Zohar. And the Zohar says that there are three matzah. There's the first matzah, the second matzah, and the third matzah. The top matzah, the first matzah, represents one who is rich. The second matzah represents the average person. And the third matzah represents one who is poor. One who is rich, says the Zoyar, is concerned about the world to come. Or in America we call this the retirement. They're not concerned about today, but how much will I have for my entire retirement in the future? And this is a Jew who lives always for the future. How big will be my ulam haba, my world to come? That's their concern about the future, the afterlife. That's the top matzah. The bottom matzah, Represents a poor person. That's a tzaddik. Someone who brings God down into this world. He's concerned about bringing God down into this world. He's not concerned about the world to come. He wants to make this place a dwelling place for God. And therefore, he brings God down to this world. And that's the lowest matzah, the third matzah. He brings God down in all three worlds. In Bria and Yitzira and even Asiya. Into this world of action. And then you have the middle matzah. The middle matzah, that's the bainini, the, the average person. And that's the person who's concerned about both worlds. This world, but also the world to come. He wants God to come down to this world, but he's also concerned about his, his reward after 120 years. So he breaks the matzah into two. The smaller part he uses for this world, but the larger part he spends or awaits for in the world to come. And that's why it's concealed, it's covered. Because you don't see it now. It's paradise. It's the afterlife. And it's not eaten now during the Seder. Because it's the dessert. It's after the meal. It's in the world to come. And that's why you have the larger half that's put away. Because the reward for the mitzvah is really after 120 years in paradise and after Mashiach comes. So this is the soy, this is the esoteric concept of the middle matzah. What does Chassidus say? So first and foremost, 
The Rebbe asks a question, why is it that, that, that the yachatz, to break the middle matzah, takes place at the very beginning of the Seder, right before Magid, right before you start to read the Haggadah? Why can't you do yachatz right before the mitzvah to eat matzah? You break the matzah into two, put it away, and then we'll eat the half a matzah that remains. But to understand this, we first have to look into the fact that there are three primary ingredients for a kosher seder. After reading the entire Agadah, we summarize. What do we say? That every seder has to have Pesach, Matzah, or murder. And one who does not speak about these three things has not fulfilled their obligation. What's Pesach? Pesach represents the Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb. Why? Because God jumped over the houses of the Jews. The idea of Pesach, in other words, represents redemption. It represents Geula. What does Murrah represent? The polar opposite. Murrah represents slavery. Why do we eat Murrah? To to remind us of, of the bitter times that the Jews experienced as slaves in bondage. What is Matzah? Matzah has both connotations. On one hand, Matzah is called the bread of affliction. And we start the Haggadah, the Magid, Heilach Ma'anya, the Akhla Avasana Ba'ari de Mitzrayim. This is the Matzah that our forefathers ate in the land of Egypt. It was in the land of Egypt, in the land of bondage. It's poor man's bread. And that's why we cannot add eggs into the matzah or salt into the matzah. It has to be simple water and flour, poor man's bread. There are those who say, Helach manya, those who say, Holach manya. But the bottom line is that on one hand, matzah represents poverty. It represents slavery. It represents bondage. On the other hand, matzah represents redemption. We say, why do we eat the matzah? Because we ran out in haste when God himself revealed himself to our people. There was no malach, there was no angel, there was no emissary, there was no saraf. Only God himself came down and revealed himself to us. And therefore we ran out in haste and now we eat matzah. So matzah now represents redemption, geula. So really matzah has both aspects. Similar to Pesach, which is redemption, and similar to murder, which is slavery. So what do we say? We say that both of these aspects are found within one matzah. And therefore, before we start the Seder, before even we start Magid, we break the matzah into two, and we put away the larger piece for the end of the Seder. In other words that we do not say the Haggadah on the larger piece of the Afikoimen. Why not? Because the Magid, the praise that we're giving God for taking us out of Egypt, is insignificant to the praise that we're going to give God when He takes us out of this exile. When Mashiach will come, the Geula, the redemption, is going to be so much greater, so much more profound, so much more wondrous, that... Pesach will become secondary. And therefore we break the matzah into two. We put away the larger piece, which is for the future redemption, away, 
we cover it over, we conceal it because we don't see it yet, we put it away until the end, and we begin to recite the Haggadah only on the broken piece, only on the first redemption, on the going out of Egypt. So the question now is, how is it possible that one matzah, we have two opposites. We have the future redemption, and we have the present redemption. Or we have in one matzah, the concept of poverty, and in one matzah we have the concept of redemption. Two polar opposites. Mutually exclusive. In one single matzah. And the answer is, and that is, when a Jew finds himself in difficulty, in hard times, with tremendous challenges, he has to realize that by calling out to God, then God will bring him to the state of expansiveness. And this we see by the shofar. The shofar, we have a very small piece we blow from. But yet it brings out a very loud sound. The second side of the shofar is wide, and the first side of the shofar is very narrow. From the narrow straits, we come to the wideness of salvation. And that is the message of the middle matzah. That when we find ourselves in a difficult time, and one suffers, and one has pain, and they're going through challenges, you must realize that in that same matzah, within the challenges, are the seeds of redemption is the answer for the problems. The Talmud says that God does not bring a sickness to the world unless He first brings the remedy. And through the sickness you will find the remedy. As Vashem Tov tells us, The simple interpretation is, it's a difficult time for Jacob. But God will save us from these difficult times, from these straits, from this Mitzrayim, which etymologically means borders and constraints. But the Vashem Tov comes along and says, It's a difficult time for Jacob. And from the problem, from that problem, through working through the problem, you're going to be redeemed. The problem itself will bring the redemption. So therefore, the matzah itself, the middle matzah itself, is broken into two. The smaller half representing the brokenness, the difficulty, the pain, the suffering, the poverty. The larger part representing the salvation, the redemption, and the ultimate geula. They're both in one matzah. Because it's right there in front of you. All you got to do is move a little bit to the other side. And you'll see that you have already the redemption within your hands. It's true, it's covered over in a handkerchief, it's covered over in a, in, a, in a garment. But you have possession of it. It's right within your reach. So these are the various interpretations of the Afikoyman. And we had already eaten the smaller part of the matzah. We've gone through enough years of exile and suffering and challenges. So surely now we have to focus on the afikoyman to make sure we eat the afikoyman. To make sure that the, the, our, our child or grandchild that uh, hid the afikoyman brings back the afikoyman and doesn't fall asleep so we cannot find the afikoyman because that's the dessert. 
That's the reward. That's the world to come. That is what we are waiting for. Matzah, we know, is called the bread of faith and the bread of healing. And so I want to end with a very short story. And that is a man once came to the Rebbe. And he said to the Rebbe, standing with his two little children, He's saying, Rebbe, you know, my wife was just diagnosed with a very, very terrible illness and the doctors said she's going to die. What should I do? I came from a foreign country. I cannot even speak English properly. And I have two little children with me. So the Rebbe said, tell me, who said she's going to die? He said, the doctor. So the Rebbe said, do you have a prognosis? He says, yeah. He pulls out the paper and shows the Rebbe, the doctor said. The Rebbe takes the paper and he tears up the paper right in front of his eyes. He says the doctor has no right to determine when a person is going to die. The job of a doctor is to heal. Only God can determine when a person is to live and when he is to die. And the Rebbe told him, go home, tell your wife to continue to take her medicine. And this woman lived, Baruch Hashem, thank God, for many, many years. And therefore, it's important to eat matzah, which instills faith within every one of us. And also, the matzah gives us healing. And therefore, it's important to eat the matzah on Pesach, especially by the Seders. I heard that there was a chassid in Israel who would receive matzah from the Rebbe every year. It was customary for Chassidim to line up and the Rebbe would give matzah before Pesach to all the Chassidim. So they asked this Chassid, when do you eat the Rebbe's matzah? Do you eat the Rebbe's matzah by the mitzvah of eating matzah? Do you eat the Rebbe's matzah by, by the Korach sandwich? When do you eat the Rebbe's matzah? So his name was Rabbi Zusha, a very famous Chassid in Israel. And he said, I eat the Rebbe's matzah on the eighth day of Pesach. Actually, in Israel, it was the seventh day, but here's the eighth day. I eat the Rebbe's matzah at Sudas Mashiach, at the Mashiach meal. Why? Because I want the Rebbe's matzah to give me faith to believe in the coming of Mashiach. So therefore, it's important, not only you have two Sudarim, the first two nights of Pesach, but it's also important on the last day to come together and to have the meal of Mashiach, where we drink the four cups, and again we eat the, the matzah. And this will strengthen our faith, and also bring down Mashiach practically. And therefore, no, not only will we have the smaller broken pieces of the matzah, but also the larger broken pieces of the matzah, the afikoimim, which is the ultimate dessert, and the ultimate reward, and the ultimate salvation, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Amen.